with in Jesus mighty name we have worshipped amen come on shout a big amen tonight amen and give the Lord a big hand of praise in this house come on give the Lord a big hand of praise in this house hallelujah amen you may please be seated in the presence of God amen I welcome us to church tonight and um, I really want to commend everyone for um, for taking time out to come and learn at Jesus feet tonight because um, no man knows anything except that which has been given to him or her by the Lord so I believe that God himself is going to teach us again tonight. Hallelujah. So I, I believe and I want us to I want us to be expectant. I want us to open our hearts and receive the word of wisdom that the Lord has for us tonight. And I believe that you will get it in the name of Jesus. I want to thank uh, Pastor for giving me this um, opportunity to share God's word with us tonight. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> uh, I'm very grateful. I do not take it for granted. I count it a great privilege. <laughs> you know, every time Pastor assigned me to share God's word, uh, that day has been sealed up like that. <laughs> I can't think of any other thing but the service and what God would have me say in that service. So the moment I got the message like this, ah, everything just shifted to preparing for this course. So, and I trust that the Holy Spirit will help me to deliver his word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are going to press further on the subject matter that um, the pastor started with us um, uh, for over 10 weeks now, um, fruits of the Spirit, that's the subject matter, and um, it would do you good for many of us that have not been following on the messages, you want to go back and um, listen to them from the very first part to the 11th part. We had the 11th part last week by one of our sisters, um, Sister Folakemi taught us on, um, uh, can anybody remind me what she, she taught us on? What? Gentleness. Gentleness. And one of our brothers also taught us on, can anybody remind me what the subject is? Long suffering. Okay, so pastor already dealt with about maybe three or four of the components of um, the fruit of the spirit. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be dealing with another one. Uh, it's going to be short. <laughs> it's not going to be like pastors. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be short. So there will not be part two, part three. Amen. <laughs> it's just going to be the twelfth part. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, yeah. So I'm going to be teaching tonight on goodness. Goodness. Say goodness. So that's 
the fruits of the spirit that I'm going to be um, sharing with us tonight. Um, uh, let's open to our anchor text, Galatians chapter 5. I want us to read that particular text again in the Amplified Classic Version. So media, please help us. Give us Galatians 5. So we're going to read it together, verses 22 to 25, and then I'll begin to share what God has given me to share with us tonight. All right, let's go together. I want to go. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. Let's, let's just stop right there. So tonight, I'm going to be talking about goodness, which is one of the components of this bunch of the fruit of the Spirit that we've been dealing with for a couple of weeks. And um, we are all familiar with the truth that God is good. Do I have a witness in this house tonight? All right. God is good. God does not only do good, but he is good. He is an embodiment of goodness. If you are looking for a specific address of goodness, if you are looking for a personality of goodness, there is no other person that best fits into that category but God. God is the embodiment of goodness. God, I like the way Pastor likes to put it, is both intrinsically and extrinsically what? Good. So if we're talking about goodness, we actually want to try to talk about God because goodness is God. God is good. I want us to quickly see a few um, texts tonight that um, attest to the truth that God is good. God is the author, is the custodian and the embodiment of goodness. We're going to read a couple of scriptures and then I'll begin to share a few thoughts about this particular fruit, uh, I'm going to share it in an holistic way, you know, because every, um, how do I say it now? Every, every, every component of the fruit of the Spirit, you cannot remove one from the other. They are all intertwined. I likened it to an onion. How many of us know onion? Or a... Um, what do you call it now? Um, garlic. Now, you know that an onion or a um, garlic... Okay, let me just use an onion so that I don't, I don't confuse both. Like an onion now, you can open layer upon layer upon layer like that, right? But what you can see is one onion. In one onion, you can open about five, six, seven, eight or more layers, right? So that's the way the fruit of the Spirit is. You will see that the Bible never said the fruits... Of the spirit because it is just a bunch of fruits that has the nine layers like 
an all-in-one package. Just one package, but it consists of about nine components. Are we following tonight? So let's quickly read a few texts uh, that attest to the fact that God is the author, the custodian, and the embodiment of goodness. And how that goodness is important. Goodness is applicable to us uh, within the context of the subject matter tonight, which is the fruit of the Spirit. All right, let's start with um, Psalm 25 and verse 8 and 9. Very quickly, media, we're going to read those scriptures very fast. I just want us to see a few scriptures, and then I'll begin to say other things that I believe God would have me say tonight. Psalm 25 and verse 8 and 9. God, okay, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, will he teach sinners in the way. Verse 9. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. Let's go to 27 and verse 13. Psalm 27 and verse 13. We're going to run very fast. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Are we following me tonight, church? Okay, the next one, Psalm 31 and verse 10. Psalm 31 and verse 10. Psalm 31 and verse 10. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sign. My strength faileth because of my iniquity and my bones. Oh, okay, I think that's the wrong one. Sorry. It should, be, it should be verse 19. Sorry. Give me verse 19 of that same chapter. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Let's take one or two more. Psalm 34 and verse 8. All taste and see that the Lord is what? Blessed is the man that trusted in him. I want us to do one more. Let's just go to Nahum. Nahum 1 and verse 7. Let's see what Nahum has to say about goodness. About the goodness of God. About the goodness of God. Now, one and verse seven. Look at what it says, church. Verse seven. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Hallelujah. All of these scriptures and many others attest to the truth that God is good. God is not only good, God is goodness. Is intrinsically and extrinsically good. If 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 you if we can if we can divide God into its tiniest atom, what will be left will still be what goodness. And if we claim to be a child of God or to be children of God, I want to believe that we also possess the same. Gene, the same characteristic traits that God also has. Are you following me, church? So if God is good, even though it is unnatural for man to be good after the fall, but because of what Jesus did on the cross now, we actually were restored into that original state, which is what? An embodiment of goodness. So we have in us the ability to not just only do good, 
Are you following me, church? We have the ability to not just only do good, but goodness is supposed to be our lifestyle. Because every um, component of the fruit of the Spirit that's mentioned in the book of Galatians are actually um, godly attributes or what we can call the kingdom characters that every citizen of that kingdom actually possess. In other words, you can call it our genetic traits. That's our DNA. That's what we, that, that's what identify us with God. That's how we know whom we have and um, whose we belong. Are we following me, church? So I want to share a few thoughts with us along that line while I try to um, uh, explain goodness as one of the fruits of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Okay, so the first thing I want to say tonight um, is the Holy Spirit, okay, I've said that God is the author, custodian, and embodiment of goodness. Can I hear a loud amen for that? In other words, it is the nature of God himself. Goodness is the nature of who? Of God himself. So when you're talking about goodness, you are actually talking about the nature of God. Now, another thing is the Holy Spirit is the administrator of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, put another way, the Holy Spirit in Christians uphold, cultivate, and reinforce the victory over sin and flesh. Not merely in defense, but also in attack by producing in us the positive attitudes of godly character, all of which are evident in Jesus in the gospel. I'll say that again, and I'll explain what I mean by that. I said the Holy Spirit is the administrator of the fruit of the Spirit, that is, is the one in charge. He's the one in charge of helping to develop and cultivate these fruits within us. As you also saw in Amplified Version Classic, he said, this is the works that the Holy Spirit does within us. Is, is, is a working of the Holy Spirit within. We have learned that, that the greatest work of God is not in what he does for us, but rather what he does in us. Because it is the internal condition of every believer that actually tells what we see on the outside. So if the internal environment or the internal condition is not in its best shape, now no matter how hard we try to, um, you know, put on a facade or some kind of, you know, it just will not last. Because on the inside, you are not really in shape. But when the inside is in shape, then it will reflect on the outside. Are we following me now? So the Holy Spirit actually takes it upon himself to do the workings of God on the inside of us. In other words, he actually culturizes us. Because he is the administrator of the fruit of the Spirit. He is the governor of the kingdom of God. So his role is to culturize us. His, his goal is to make us to become 
citizens of the kingdom. So he does a lot of work on the inside of us and majorly he works on our character. The Holy Spirit in Christians uphold, cultivates, and reinforce the victory over sin and flesh, not merely in defense, but also in attack by producing in us the positive attributes of godly character, all of which are evident in Jesus in the gospel. And this is what that simply means. You know, uh, there's actually a combat going on between our flesh and our spirit. Are you guys following me tonight? Now, many times our flesh wants to do something else and our spirit wants to do the right thing. Our flesh wants to do whatever is appealing to the flesh. But the spirit of God on the inside of us is also leading us in another direction. So what the Holy Spirit does is to defend us from doing what the body wants us to do. All right, and in the, in the process of defending us, he also attack that carnal impulses. You know, the urge to go against God, and the way he does both the defending and the attacking is by developing, developing godly attributes, which are this kingdom character that we are talking about tonight which tonight I'm talking about goodness. So goodness is one of these bunch that the Holy Spirit actually develops on the inside of us. Are we following me, church? The fruit of the Spirit is a compound word used to explain the entire transformation and reformation process that the Holy Spirit does and continues to do perpetually in the new creation. We are new creation people. Hallelujah. We now have a new heart. We have the heart of Jesus. Remember, we actually gave our own heart in order to receive his own life into our spirit. There is no life outside Jesus. All right? We never started existing until we have identified with Jesus. It is in identifying with Jesus that we began to live. All right? So, the Holy Spirit, what it does in us, the entire transformation and the reformation process, everything is classified as the fruit of the Spirit. Because basically, by the time the Holy Spirit is done developing all these components of this bunch of fruit within us, you can be sure that you are not the same person before you accepted Christ. I remember before I met the Lord, I, I, I wasn't that an entirely a bad boy. I, I wasn't really that bad. You know, we grew up in a religious home. Our parents know the Lord. <laughs> I mean, they go to church and they take us to church and they made us also to participate in religious activities and all of that. But I wouldn't really say that I have a relationship, I say, with the Lord, right? So it was as good as we were just uh, playing church, right? But you know, our parents did their best, all right, to put us on the right path, which is the lost way. 
And I remember my parents pray, oh Lord, they pray for us. So I want to believe that their intercession over me and my siblings actually worked. Because the Holy Spirit himself was doing a work. Though it took time in human estimation. But the Holy Spirit was actually doing a work on a daily basis on me. That was not really that visible. Alright? Until a day came and somebody preached in, 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 uh, in my secondary school. And I just accepted Jesus into my heart. From that day on... Another level of transformation and reformation began. Now, the entire work of the Holy Spirit within every man can be classified as the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, I said this earlier. I said I, I liken it to an onion or garlic, an all in one package. Nine layers, nine elements that make up a whole piece. Ends, it's a complete set of character traits bound together in the wrap of love. The fruit of the Spirit is, is, is a bunch of character bound together or wrapped up in love. Love is like the, is, is the enclosure that we see. It's actually the passage. So when you open the parcel, then you see all the components, all the, you know, stuff inside. So now let's talk about goodness. So I said goodness, like every other member or components of the fruits, is the true lifestyle of a Christian. It is not only a measure of what we do, but also how we relate to other people. By the expression of it. Goodness, like every other member of the fruit, is the true lifestyle of a, of a Christian. It is not only a measure of what we do, but also how we relate to other people. God is really interested in how we relate to other people. You cannot say you love God and... You have bad relationships with people. Now, that's, that's not a complete um, equation. Because when you understand and you receive the love of God, what that will do to you is it makes you a channel through which the love of God now flows to other people. So you have no other way with which you deal with other people but the same love you receive from above. It's like it's actually coming from vertical and then it goes horizontal. So you are at the point of connection between love and people. So goodness is actually the true lifestyle of a believer. When the world approaches us, they should encounter goodness. Let me quickly run ahead of myself. Now they should you know, when they do you evil, expecting to receive back evil, tit for tat, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, they'd see something opposite. I mean, somebody just gave you a slap or you, 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 they, 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 they did something that 
was not really present. Now they're expecting you to give them back. Back to back or to give them even more than what they gave you. But they saw that they actually met with goodness. I mean, you can imagine somebody doing you harm and then you just told them, God bless you. I mean, or somebody trying to arouse you or, I mean, and you just, you just, you just, you just turn the left cheek. Like you just released goodness to them. Every fruit member of the bunch points or redirects people to God. In other words, it reflects the character of God and it tells the world whose we are and whom we serve. Every fruit that we've, that we've dealt with so far and the other ones that will be taught in, in the future days actually points or redirects people to God. When we express love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, and now goodness, and the other three, they actually point back to God. They redirect people to God because people are wondering, who are these people? I mean, their, their, their worldview is just different from ours. The way they deal with people, I mean, the way they operate among co-workers, colleagues at work, and everywhere they go is just totally different from the way we are used to or from the way we are familiar with. It looks like they are going opposite direction to the world. Are we following me, church? So what is then goodness? What is then goodness? Let's, let's go back to Galatians 6 and verse 9 to 10 very quickly. I have a few definitions here that's going to help us to understand goodness as one of the fruits of the Spirit. Goodness. What is then goodness? Galatians 6 and verse 9. And let us not lose heart. Okay, you, you, can, you can give it to me in, um, in KJV or NKJV. I think I prefer to use that. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. And verse 10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now, goodness simply means working for the benefits of others, not oneself. Goodness is the response of working for the benefit of others, not oneself. In other words, goodness is a response clothed with selfless and sacrificial stewardship. When you're talking about goodness, you are giving to people what they do not deserve. You are giving them the opposite of the bad that they deserve. Rather than give them back the bad, you are giving them something opposite. So you are actually working for the benefit of others. In other words, you, in fact, you put them first. So goodness always works for the benefit of others. Goodness always... Um, is selfless and sacrificial. 
goodness always want to do good. If there's a better way to put it, always want to do good to other people, even when they mean harm to you. What then is goodness? Goodness does not care first about what's in need for me. You know, our selfish ambition, gain, profit, ego, reputation. Goodness doesn't have anything to do with all of those. But rather, goodness desires the good of the others. It desires the outcome rather than the income. All right? It goes for the outcome. It goes for the impact. It goes for uh, the, 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 the influence. It goes for how it can change other people or in other words, redirect them back to God. Because they're expecting you to wear their shoes. The world is already full of evil. Now they know how to do evil. They have, they have, they have mastered evil. Now this is somebody who has the spirit of God on the inside of him that produce this fruit, right? Now, when they do evil, because they are familiar with doing evil, now they're expecting you to give evil back to them, but because evil cannot be found in you anymore, because the Holy Spirit has gained ascendancy in you, what you release back to them is what? Goodness. Another way to put goodness now, goodness is an unnatural order of response to a natural course. You would agree with me, church, that it is unnatural for somebody to do you evil and then you return good instead of the same measure with which they have met out to you. <laughs> Are you following me, church? It is really unnatural. I mean, it is the natural tendency of a man to do tit for tat, to do an eye for an eye, to do a, a, a tooth for a tooth. If, if you, how, how do they say that thing now? Do me, I do you. Man no go vex. Now, that's the natural order of man. So, but goodness came on board to turn the whole order. That no, you don't have to go it that way anymore. This is a new system. This is the kingdom character trait. So it's, it's an unnatural order of response to a natural course. It is the wisdom with which we deal with mankind. If you want to learn how to deal with people, it is goodness. Goodness is our wisdom to dealing with mankind. Because when they come with an ulterior motive, when they come with a bad agenda and they encounter something opposite, it douses the fire of their plans and plots towards you. It is the wisdom with which we deal with humanity without spending our peace and joy over their dramas. And peace and orderliness is still maintained. I mean, the way to deal with people, the way to settle with people is by releasing God's goodness to them. It's by releasing the goodness of God to them. And it won't cost you anything because, see, the attempt of the enemy 
when he uses people to actually get on your nerve is to make you uh, spend your peace, is to make you misbehave. And then people can say, ah, but I thought you are different. I, I thought ah, you, you, I didn't expect you to, mm -mm. you know, that's what the enemy is trying to do. The enemy, whatever plot that he, he, he does through people's misdemeanor to you or by their bad behavior to you is just to get you to misbehave. It's to get you to actually allow your uh, natural response to prevail. But when you yield to the Holy Spirit of God, you tune in to goodness and you release goodness. You just, you just win the situation. Because goodness will release God's wisdom in the situation. It will allow you to maintain your peace all right, because your peace is, is, is your most valuable asset and the enemy is trying all his best to get it out. But when you hold on, it's not easy. Naturally, you want to show that you can fight or you've got some power or you, 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 you can actually defend yourself. But no, goodness is saying that you can depend on me. This is not worth your physical energy. Just tune in to goodness. Are we following me tonight, church? Let's look at what Romans um, 12 verse 21 says. And then James 3 and verse 13. I can't say this timer again. Uh, Romans 12 and verse 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with what? with good and that's unnatural goodness is a fruit of the spirit and we have it you have it every believer in here you have goodness within you and that is the way god wants you to begin to deal with people in your world he wants you to release goodness he wants you to do opposite of what they already framed in their mind that you would do all right? Look at James 3 and verse 13. Very quickly. James 3 and verse 13. James 3 and verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him shew out of a good conversation his works and meekness of wisdom. Verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and strive in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. Verse 15. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. All right? For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Now, let's talk about the wisdom of God. But the wisdom that is from above is first what? Pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So I said that goodness is the wisdom of God that we apply in dealing with people. No matter how bad they are, no matter how good they are, it don't even matter their state. What does matter is our identity as 
kingdom citizens who is going somewhere to happen. Amen. So why then is goodness necessary? Why, why, why is goodness such an important kingdom character trait? Why is it a, 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 a valuable asset in the kingdom? Uh, I mean, is, why is it not just uh, some, some, some deeds? Or, I mean, we want to talk about why it is necessary, why it is your lifestyle, and why you should uh, yield to the Holy Spirit to actually cultivate these fruits within you and show it to the world. Number one, I said, goodness does the opposite of the natural desires and passions of the flesh. Goodness does the opposite of the natural desires and passions of the flesh. And always gets the nature of God on the scene. What did I say? Goodness always gets the nature of God. You know, when you, when you begin to act some certain ways in the middle of some, you know, horrible situations that should have led to some kind of fight, but you just went out of it without lifting a finger, without having to, you know, open your mouth and curse somebody's mama or join them to, to exchange blows and all of that, that's, that's some goodness you just released in that environment. You have just allowed the Holy Spirit to, to, to release God's nature into that situation. You could have handled it yourself and mess yourself up, right? But rather you yielded to the Holy Spirit. So goodness actually does the opposite of the natural desires because your, your, your natural desires and, and your, of course, you want to just fight and show everybody that you have muscle, right? That you can fight, that you hit the gym. But rather than you know, doing that, you yielded to the Holy Spirit. You submitted to the Holy Spirit. And it helps you to douse the cravings of the flesh. You do exactly opposite. You do exactly opposite. So goodness is necessary because it helps you to do exactly opposite of the natural desires and passions of the flesh. And we can see that in James that we just read. It is wise to you know, yield to the Holy Spirit to help us to do the exact opposite of our flesh. Our flesh wants to go north, but the Spirit of God is going south. Our flesh wants to be quiet. You know, in some situations, all that you just need to do is to be quiet. Vocabulary of silence is the solution in that situation. Now, if you do not yield to the Holy Spirit, you open your mouth and you say something that escalates the matter. I mean, that's, that's, that I believe uh, the book of Proverbs says it this way. I don't remember the chapter now. It says, uh, um, how did he say it now? He says something like, you should be quiet in some situation. Then another one, you should speak up. So there's a time to be quiet and there's a time to speak. It is the wisdom of God that tells you when to remain quiet in some situation and some other situations you have to open your mouth and speak and you can be sure that when you open your mouth to speak you will not just speak any nonsensical words 
you will speak the wisdom of God into the situation because you are walking by the Spirit. And how we walk by the Spirit is by operating in this fruit of the Spirit that we are learning. Are we following me, church? Number two, goodness is necessary and important because goodness has been restored back into your being. Say, I have goodness in my being. I have goodness in my makeup. So it is your default. You, 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 you do not have another way you deal with people rather than releasing goodness. It's like an apparel that releases, you know, a sweet perfume. I mean, the positive vibes, energy that dows every negative energy around. It is the goodness of God that, 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 that helps us to do that. Because reality is, okay, let's, let's look at Mark 10, 17 and 18. I want you to see that after the fall of man, man does not, or man is no good after the fall. There is no sense of goodness in man after the fall. And I want you to see that. Look at what Mark 10, 17, and 18 says. And when he was gone forth into the way, this is an account of Jesus and um, a rich man. Came one running, knelt to him, and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, somebody just called Jesus good master. I mean, that's, that's a good compliment. That's a, you know, an admirable accolade. But look at what Jesus said. Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is who? God. After the fall of man, we lost goodness. Because we lost the person of the Holy Spirit. Right? But thank God for the cross. Thank God for the sacrificial lamb of God. Thank God for Jesus who came back and restored back to us what we lost. So we use we, 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 we were no good before, but now are people that carries the same gene as God. Are we following me, church? So Christ came and yanked us back from the falling state to the beginning. The original state, the original express image of God. Now we can cultivate the fruit of goodness in us again. Hallelujah. So you have the gene of goodness within you. Let no situation get the better of you. Let no situation make you stoop down to something lower than goodness. Goodness is your default. It doesn't matter the situation, it doesn't matter the people that you are dealing with. You know, there are lots of people that are hard to deal with. That you just want to give them a piece of your mind. No, rather than give them a piece of your mind, you give them a token of God's love. Are you following me, church? And that's an expression of goodness. You are giving them what they don't have. You are giving them what they lack, but you have it. So you don't give them what they already have. All right? They're already frustrated. They're already, you know, suffering from whatever it is that they're they are going through. You have no idea. But 
you releasing the goodness of God into this situation will help a lot. Are we following me, church? Next one, Luke 6 and verse 35. I hope we are getting something out of this, church. I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> Amen. Why goodness is necessary? Why goodness is important? Why you should live every day expressing the goodness of God? Because you have now become a carrier of His goodness. You have now become... A, 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 an, an earthly agent of the goodness of God. The word, of course, everywhere we look, we actually see the nature of God because God's green grass is everywhere. We can all um, inhale oxygen and breathe out. I mean, we also have rainfall on both the good and the evil. I mean, that's the goodness of God because the goodness of God is no respecter of person. The goodness of God does not happen to you or come to you because you deserve it or because you don't deserve it. The goodness of God just comes because it's an unmerited favor that proceeds from God himself. And because we are children of God, God also wants us to live like that. We don't just give people because they deserve something or because... They have worked for it. Or because they have, I mean, it's goodness, unmerited favor. You can just, you know, bless somebody with some goodness. Say, I will bless somebody with some goodness this week. Amen. Luke 6 and verse 34. But love your enemies and do good. Now look at that. I mean, I would... Rather say, come on, are you saying I should? I would rather hate my enemy, isn't it? That's, that's the natural response. I mean, look at that. <laughs> We're talking about the kingdom of God. We're just doing everything opposite of the natural order. But love your enemies and do good and lend open for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Now, if God, if God were a man, I'm not going to give somebody that is an ingrate any of my stuff. I'm expecting a thank you at least, right? But God is not waiting for somebody to say thank you, rather is he waiting for anybody to send back a compliment? He just does what he does based on who he is. So goodness is actually a reflection of who we are. When we know our identity, identity always informs our behavior. A lot of people behave the way they behave because they have not really understood who they are. Now we know who we are we, 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 we know whom we are and whose we are. So we live every day in that consciousness that I am of God. I am born of God. I possess the gene of God. Therefore, I, I cannot do any less than the way my father does 
He is my father. God is my father. And he's good to all. So that means I have to be good to all. And he, 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 he never expects me to do it by myself. That's why the Bible says, the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work in us. He does it in us as we yield to him, as we give him the permit to so do goodness. Luke 6, 35, I've just read, I, I found out from there that God, I mean goodness, enables us to respond in the spirit rather than in the flesh. And that's what you saw. Love your enemy. You, you, you can only do that in the spirit. I mean, why would you say I should love my... I mean, somebody that does not want good for me, I should love them. That's, that's impossible for the natural man. All right? But for them that walk in the spirit, for them that are of God, it is their default. It is their norm. Are we following me, church? That is, you deal with people by giving them a token of God's love shared abroad in your heart. Not a piece of your mind like people in the world does. They give people a piece of their mind. No, when you begin to give people a piece of your mind, then your mind becomes on all. Alright? Your mind becomes on all. But the good news about us is that we don't even have our own mind anymore. Hallelujah. Only pastor is excited to hear that. We, 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 you know, I was telling, I was telling some of my teenagers, I said, when, when, I mean, when people say that you have lost your mind, you should take that as a compliment because you really have lost your mind. We have lost our mind. You know why? Because we don't have our own mind anymore. We lost it. So we have a new mind. And whose mind do we have? The mind of Jesus. So they are not abusing you. They're only giving you a compliment. I've lost my mind. Now I possess the mind of Jesus. Are you following me, church? So goodness helps us to actually deal with people by giving them a token of God's love shared abroad in our hearts, not a piece of our mind. You know, you readily offer them forgiveness instead of um, offense. You already forgave them before they offend you. Only goodness can do that. All right, you don't even have the room to nurse a grudge. Only goodness can do that. Why can you do that? Because you now have a new mind. You have the mind of Christ. And all that's in Jesus' mind is no other but what? Goodness. There is no iota of evil in his mind. And that's the same mind that we possess tonight. The mind of Jesus. A mind that is full of goodness. Okay, two more points and I'll be out of here. Our time is almost up. Why goodness is a vital and Im Im important uh, fruit is of necessity that we begin to express the goodness of God. Because he, he, he always points back to God. When you begin to act this way, people begin to see Jesus. They begin to see, uh, because they're not familiar with the way you behave. Alright? They, they, they are used to the world order. 
all right? But this is somebody that is now doing something totally different from what they are used to. They want to ask questions, all right? They want to ask questions. Goodness points back to God and points people to your identity in Christ Jesus. Goodness points back to God. Why you 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 ought to express goodness because it points back to God and points people to your identity in Christ Jesus. You know why? Because your dealings with them is not based on, I think I said this before, your dealings with them is not based on whether they merit or they qualify, but rather because of who you are and whose you are. And Ephesians 2 and verse 10 helps us with that. Let's quickly look at Ephesians 2 and verse 10. As I begin to close now. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works. In other words, unto goodness, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in. We should do what? We should walk in them. So this is the path of our trajectory. We walk on the path of goodness. We carry goodness on the inside of us. And we are walking on the path of goodness. And as we walk on the path of goodness, we are actually dropping oil of goodness. Everywhere we go, we are releasing the goodness of God. Are we following me, church? And when we are doing that, we are actually redirecting people to God. We're not actually trying to do a showmanship. No, this is the Holy Spirit helping to produce this fruit in us. So, is actually pointing people back to God that you can only attain this order by my Spirit. Not in your own sufficiency, but rather in my Spirit. So every time we express goodness, we actually redirect people's attention to God. That God is good. And if God is good, I am one of his children. I ought to not only do good, not only act good, but goodness becomes my natural order. My norm, my default, my way of life. In other words, my lifestyle. Are we following me, church? So you, you, you respond to them not based on whether they merit it or not. But rather you respond to them now based on who you are. Because you know who you are, you behave that way to them. So it wouldn't matter whether, they, whether goodness is what they deserve or something else. What will matter is who you are. And because of who you are, you deal with people based on who you are. And who you are is a person that houses the goodness of God. So the only thing that you release towards them is what? Goodness. Rather than yield to the nasty attitude of the flesh, you yield to goodness. And the last point here, why goodness is important, why it is necessary for Believers to begin to, you know, express goodness everywhere we go. Psalm 27 and verse 13. 
We've read this before, but I want us to read it again. Psalm 27 and verse 13. Goodness. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This cry is somebody that saw hope. All right? So I believe that goodness is the grace operation and provision that gives hope, peace, and ease in the midst of crisis and turbulent times. Goodness is what is the grace operation and provision of God that gives hope, peace, and ease in the midst of crisis and turbulent times. And God has appointed every one of us as agents of the fruit of the Spirit, as agents of goodness, such that everywhere we go, people don't know God, but they can identify with the goodness of God. When they see you do good to them, when they see you act good to them, then, like I said earlier, it points them to the source of goodness. And they can appreciate that this is definitely grace provision. This is definitely an oppression of grace. I don't deserve it. I, I, I don't merit it. I, I thought I would wallow in this hopeless situation, but look at this goodness that somebody just showed to me. Now I have hope. So goodness actually gives hope. It gives peace. It gives ease in the midst of crisis. It doesn't matter what you are going through. Somebody is going through something else outside. And God is going to use us to be that channel of goodness. And you can be sure that when people are happy, when God uses you to make other people happy, you think you are going to just not be happy. Right? Is that how it works? No. God is using you as a channel to make other people happy. Then you can be sure that God is happy with what you are doing. And of course, he's going to deal with your case also in the name of Jesus. So it, it, it is how you deal with people. Not depending on, on, what, uh, on, on, on how they mistreat you or how they treat you but rather how Jesus would treat them if he was the one in the situation. So goodness helps you to actually visualize how would Jesus handle the situation. So I want to do it exactly the way he does it. So tonight I want to urge us to now begin to give room for expression of this kingdom character of goodness. And how do you do this? How do you do this? How do you give room? How do you give room for the expression of this kingdom character of goodness on the inside of you? Simple. All you need to do is to give permit to the Holy Spirit. Say, I will give permission to the Holy Spirit to cultivate goodness character within me. And you can see that in Romans 2 and verse 12 through 16. We're all familiar with that scripture. I like to read it in the message translation. Media, if you can help me, and then I will just close right here. Romans 12 and verse 1. Uh, no, Romans 12. Romans, I think 2. Romans 2 and verse 12. Mm, it's 
this it. Next verse, next verse, please. I'm not sure this is it. Oh, I think I think I I, I put down the wrong scripture. Mm, okay, it is it is. Let's 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 go over it again from the beginning. Yeah, verse twelve. Verse twelve. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Verse thirteen. For not oh, this is not the scripture I want to use. Sorry. Okay, but basically. Giving permission to the Holy Spirit is all that we need to open ourselves up to begin to allow room for expression for the fruit of the Spirit and goodness, the one we are talking about tonight. When we, when we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, when we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, when we submit, when we surrender to His will, when we try not to grieve or quench the spirit when we begin to uh, put the work of taming our body. Apostle Paul said, I buffet my body because what can get in the way of releasing goodness is your flesh. So, but you have been given the authority to, you know, master your flesh. Hallelujah. So, when we give the Holy Spirit the permission to do his work without any interference, without any hindrance, then it will complete the work of making sure that we begin to express goodness. We, we begin to express goodness everywhere we go, in school, at work, among our colleagues. And when we do that, all we are doing is we are pointing people back to who? To God. Because God is the author, is the custodian, is the embodiment of goodness. So we are not trying to attract people to us, but rather we are attracting people for the kingdom of God. We are making them see that it is in the kingdom of God that we can give back to people opposite of the evil that they do to us. And the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Uh, did we get anything from that tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want us to just say a word of prayer. <laughs> Let's just say a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word that we have heard tonight. Holy Spirit, we submit to you to continue the work of the Father within us, to cultivate the fruits of the Spirit, to cultivate goodness, so that everywhere we go, we release goodness. And by so doing, we direct all flesh to you, to the glory of your name. Within Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Can we jam our hands together for Jesus?